This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 17th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Why do many people who like free trade seem suspicious when people want to move across borders? Don Boudreaux is author of the new Greenwood Guide, Globalization. He's the chair of the Department of Economics at George Mason University and is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. So many proponents of free trade are also people who are very suspicious of the labor market implications of immigration or global migration in general. Mm -hmm. They don't, they draw a very clear distinction between goods crossing borders and labor crossing borders. Mm -hmm. Well, economically, there's very little difference, of course. Politically and culturally, there, there are more differences. But economically, there's very little differences. If I'm producing, uh, if I'm a lumberjack in, in Alabama, uh, and someone in Canada is cutting down trees that can be imported freely into the United States, well, that competes with, in a way, in a very real way, that lumberjack in Canada is competing with me. And he would be competing with me, or she would be competing with me, in almost the same way if he or she moves south of the border into Alabama. Um, and so economically, there is, and this is widely recognized among economists, you can find fine theoretical points in which they differ, but <clears throat> economically and practically speaking, there's very little difference between, between labor physically crossing international borders and the goods produced by labor crossing international borders. Culturally, of course, immigration does raise issues that, uh, that trade doesn't, um, uh, politically, it raises you know, people. You know, goods normally don't, uh, you know, go to the emergency room for emergency medical care. Now, I, I'm a complete free trader, and I'm very much an open borders kind of guy when it comes to immigration. Um, but I, I do see that immigration does raise some non-economic or non-directly economic issues that trade doesn't. Okay, there are people who recognize the benefits of free trade. Mm -hmm. Who recognize the benefits of importing high-skill mm -hmm. labor to the United States, but diminish the value of or downplay uh, any benefits or highlight the costs associated with low-skilled labor coming to the United States. I, I wish I knew more of the, 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 the details of the empirics on this matter. But here's my, I often say this often about this question that, uh, well, people come to America only to, you know, suckle off of Uncle Sam's tit, you know, the welfare state. Uh, if that were really the case, uh, then why is so much of U.S. immigration policy and so much of U.S. immigration enforcement effort devoted to stopping people from working? And so much of it is. Uh, if people are coming over here to suckle off the welfare state, well, they're presumably not going to be working very much because they don't want to work. They're just bums. Uh, if they're coming over here to work, which is what I presume they're trying to do, given that what the government's trying to do is stop them from working, then I presume they're not chiefly coming over here to suckle off the welfare state. There's a great deal of, of uncertainty given international capital flows right now. Because of that, people like Barney Frank, who's very smart when it comes to uh, issues related to, to banking in the United States, have recommended global controls on the flow of capital. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. Um, capital flows to where it perceives it can make the highest profit. Generally speaking, capital makes the highest profit 
where the productivity of that capital, working with labor usually, is highest. And so uh, free capital flows give incentives for governments to keep their economies reasonably free because that will attract capital and that will create jobs with higher wages that would not have otherwise been created. By controlling capital, you uh, give a tool to governments to help monopolize competition amongst one amongst themselves. Uh, one, if a, if a government uh, in in, an, in a regime of capital controls, if a government adopts a, a a a policy that lowers productivity, lowers output, is harmful to the general economy. Uh, the the it, it's difficult for capital to flow out as a, as a consequence. Um, the government doesn't get as quick as an sure signal of the um, undesirability of that policy as it gets when capital can, can flow and flow out quickly. I see no benefit to capital controls. I suppose one of the things people worry about is you know, you know unscrupulous speculators coming in and dis- disrupting markets. These are stories we hear, but they're like children's stories of the big bad wolf. Uh, there's very little empirical evidence to suggest that uh, uh, investors go around the world intentionally disrupt, or or even just just greedily disrupting economies. Capital capital flows into economies where capital expects to make a lot of money, and it flows out of economies when and only when uh, it expects that those economies are no longer a desirable place, a desirable haven for the making of money. Keep in mind, one of the places that but still a major attractor of capital is the United States. Uh, we run a we run a current account deficit consistently, have done so for more than 30 years now. That's a sign that we are a major haven for an inflow of capital, a fact that I think is very good, and I applaud it. I, 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 uh, I jump with joy every month when I hear that the U.S. current account deficit has risen, unlike most people who think that somehow it's a bad thing. Uh, and uh, if we prevented foreign capital flows, that would, that would weaken the U.S. economy because it would prevent, it would reduce the amount of capital flowing into the U.S. economy. But again, more significantly, it would reduce one of the important signaling devices that governments around the world have for how wise or or how unwise their policies are. Don Boudreau is author of the new Greenwood Guide: Globalization. He's the chair of the Department of Economics at George Mason University and is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. You can read more on globalization and its implications at cato.org.